Ladies and gentlemen, we present The Big Business Lock by Laurie Wyman and starring Jimmy Edwards, Frank Thornton, and Gwen Cheryl. When you're managing director and chairman of such a big company as British United Plastics, it's inevitable you'll be asked to join many organizations and support many charities. Well, for Sir Charles Boniface, charity begins and ends at Sir Charles, so that's no bother. Organizations are a different matter as they may bring money into the company through prestige. That is why Sir Charles is hoping to receive a high honor at the annual general meeting of his trade association's lodge. Worshipful members of the Royal Society of Vendors of Plastic, as the retiring Grand Master, it is now my duty to call upon you to nominate my successor. Yes, by the look of the old fool, it's in the nick of time, too, I think. Yes, being a Grand Master's very exhausting work. Then he shouldn't have taken it on. However old is the doddering old twit? Forty-seven. <laughs> He's had a lot of late nights, isn't he? <laughs> oh, sorry, I got that the wrong way around. It's 74. 74? That's more like it. May I have your proposals to the next Grand Master, please? Certainly. Sir Charles Boniface. I'm afraid you cannot propose yourself, Sir Charles. Well, that's ridiculous. Who else is likely to propose me? Well, I propose Mr. Ellington King. Seconded. Oh, come on. Oi, 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 oi. Some of you, wake up, wake up. What about me? What about oh, me? Oh, very well. As retiring Grandmaster, I still have a vote. For the sake of peace and quiet, I propose Sir Charles Boniface. Seconded. Sir Charles. <laughs> Sir Charles, you can't second yourself either. Just as well, who'd want two of him? <laughs> that'll do, that'll do. Now, come on, somebody, let's be hearing from you. What about all the free nosh-ups you've had on my firm? They could stop, you know... If I don't get seconded, not so much as a cheese roll for any of you. Oh, well, if we must. Seconded. Oh, oh rat. The only reason I proposed him is because I was sure nobody would second him. That's charming, isn't it? Right, then. That's it, then. When do I take the oath and get my badge of office? With luck, Sir Charles, never. May I remind you that there are now two nominations. So the Grand Council will take a secret ballot and the results will be announced next week. Ballot? Secret? Secret? I don't like the sound of that at all. There could be a terrible miscarriage of justice. Well, how? Well, I might lose. <laughs> well, there is always that hope. Mr. Pearson, weren't we, weren't we going to meet for lunch at my club next week? Weren't we going to meet at that club where they serve that excellent claret that you enjoyed so much? What a shame you won't be able to attend after all. Message received. I'll vote for you. Right, that's one novel. Now for the rest. Fellows of the Royal Society of Vendors of Plastic, we shall close the proceedings by singing the lodge chant to the ceremonial belt and garters. Stone the plastic crows. I do wish you didn't have to do that. It makes my bonds go boy for weeks. Will you all stand and sing after me? One, two... P-L-A-S-T-I-C Stick it up a jumper Whoopee <laughs> Such a lovely noble sentiment Meeting closed We assemble next week to learn Who is to be your new Grand Master 
Collect your ballot forms as you leave. And don't anybody fill the blasty things in until they've seen me. Oh, good morning, Mr. Frank. Is it in? Yes, he is, actually. And what sort of mood is it in? Welcome, my boy. I wondered if you could help me or get out of me blasted office. I'm trying to watch play school on the telly. <laughs> He's in incredibly good mood this morning. Is he? I wonder who he's sacked. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry, Edith, but uh, I'll soon put a stop to his gaiety. Oh, don't, please don't. These slightly peaceful days are so rare. One knows they can't last very long, but every minute is precious. I'm sorry, Edith, but this is serious. I've got to see him at once, and it's going to cost money. So catch me on the way out. Go away! I don't know who you are, but I don't want any. And even if I did, I'd never bang out the door. It's me, Father. How can it be? I'm your father. <laughs> oh, I see. Yes, 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 yes. Come in, Frank, and shut up. I'm, um, I'm watching the telly and learning how to make a gollywog out of four cornflakes boxes, some of Daddy's pipe cleaners, and an ounce of Mummy's wool. Oh, what? How many times have I told you don't slam the door? It'll take me hours to get the picture right again now. I don't want to be upset today, so if it's something nasty, come back next week. What is so special about today? Oh, nothing very much. Merely that after several phone calls, reminding members of good times they have spent at, my, at, at, at the company's expense, I think you are now looking and gazing upon the next grand master of the Royal Society of the Vendors. Of plastic. The what? Well, I just said it. I'm not going to say it all again. Uh, it's a great honor. Think of the business prestige. I am. The Royal Society of Vendors of Plastic, eh? Hmm. <laughs> that means you'll be able to have all your visiting cards printed Sir Charles Boniface, RSVP. <laughs> <laughs> Highly whimsical, I'm sure. Yes. Father, why don't you get yourself elected to the Royal Society of Plastic Consumer Advisors as well? Then you could be Sir Charles Boniface, RSVP, and RSPCA. <laughs> That's rather good, isn't you? Well, oh, yes, yes, I'm one. sure you've got another one. There are times when I wish I'd had a daughter. So shut up. I'm sorry. But, I mean, what is all this Grandmaster Codswallop, uh, 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 this, this distinguished honour well, involved? It is, it is, it is Exceedingly distinguished, the whole thing. First of all, I have to get myself initiated. Get yourself what? <laughs> you have, I <laughs> I want to know what is so important about being an RSVP Grandmaster. Well, it's so obvious, isn't it? I mean, think of the prestige it will bring to you British United Plastics in the trade. The orders for our products will, will simply multiply. Not only that, at the meetings, I shall get a hell of a lot of information about what our competitors are up to and... Uh, be able to spike their guns. They'll never know who sabotaged them. Mm. Knowing your subtle approach, my bet is they will. Possibly. But as Grandmaster, there is damn all they can do about it. <laughs> mm. uh, tell me more about your initiation. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a bit of a giggle. Well, I shouldn't tell you, really, because it's all very secret. You see. What happens is, after a fanfare of trumpets, mm -hmm. I, I enter the Grand Hall carrying my bell of office. Yeah. My book containing the original oath of the first Grand Master mm. and me candle with a plastic wick. <laughs> that will need three hands. No, 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 because the bell is round my neck, you see. <laughs> <laughs> this I would love to see. 
Uh, what are you wearing? Uh, an ermine robe and plastic knee breeches? No, 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 no. The theme is humility. Hmm? So all I wear is a sort of a shift of loose sackcloth. Styled by Hardy Amos, of course. <laughs> and and I, are you really going to walk about in public like that? Well, the Grand Master does not walk, you see. He's carried in, sitting cross-legged on a gigantic silver platter, supported by eight loyal bearers with their little plastic scepters rampant. And... <laughs> and... And their orbs at the ready. <laughs> it's just as well it's not a mixed society, isn't it? Uh, Father, I, I, I've just thought of something else. If you're going to be sitting on this platter in only a, a sackcloth shift, yes. <laughs> I hope they remember to warm the silver platter first. <laughs> oh, shut Well, now you mention it, I, I think I will have a word with the chief bearer. That could be very nasty, couldn't it? Well, I suppose instead of sitting down, you could crouch. You just... <laughs> you refuse to take this seriously, don't you? But if I had to sit cross-legged on a cold tray, I'd take it seriously, all right. Ah, I'm allowed to keep me rompers on underneath. <laughs> rompers? Well, this is another part of the ceremonial regalia. Yeah. That and my plastic dangler. <laughs> which under the rules has to be displayed at all times and you volunteered for all this <laughs> you're potty well now that we've discussed it I think you could be right as a mm. matter of fact actually I think I could be in a bit of trouble <laughs> you're not kidding no listen listen a minute when you first become a fellow of the society you're given a book containing the original Grand Master's Oath and if I'm elected, I have to read it out to the assembled company. Well, so you said, but what about it? Well, I've lost a flipping book. <laughs> Never bothered with a beastly thing before. Then get another one. They don't grow on trees, you know. Then borrow one. How can I? The wretched thing is never supposed to leave your person. You're supposed to carry it with you or on you at all times. It's all part of the tradition. Which you just broke. Well, beastly thing must be around somewhere. You haven't seen it, I suppose? No. It's Edith, you see. She will tidy me up. Well, if she found it, let's hope she didn't read it. Well, I shouldn't think she did, or she'd have given a notice him by now. <laughs> well, I expect it'll turn up. If it doesn't, I've had it. I doubt it. If you can't read out the original Grand Master's Oath when you're sitting on that cold tray, I'm sure you'll be able to make up a few of your own. I, I, shan't, I shan't discuss the matter with you any further. Now, what have you come here for? What do you want? I don't want anything. I'm demanding something. Demanding? Mm. Have a care there, boy. You may be speaking to a future Grand Master. Now, what's it all about? My desk. Oh, yes, I saw your indent for a new one, but times are very hard, my boy. S-E-T and all that, you know. Just can't be done. Uh, have you seen my desk? Nobody could work on it. It was boxwood to start with. Now I have to hold it up with one hand while I try to sign a letter with the other. Oh, that was a terrible effort. Mm. Why don't you try chucking your blotter on the carpet, then you can kneel down and sign your letters there. Father, how much is your annual subscription to the RSVP? Fifty guineas. That would have bought me a new desk. Possibly, but being a grandmaster is an investment. A workman is entitled to the tools of his trade. Yes, and in your case, that's an address book and a credit card at several restaurants and hotels and a florist. I meant during working hours. And we all know when yours are. From dusk to dawn. Hmm. Pot calling the kettle black. No, no, just jealousy. Now go away, you... <laughs> You can't have a new desk, and that's final. Cheapskate. 
morning, Mr. Prack. Is it in? Yes, he is, actually. And what sort of mood is it in? Terrible. He sapped three people. And he hasn't patted me on my what's-her-name all morning. Mm, hard luck. <laughs> what's upset him this time? Well, I'm not sure. He just keeps opening his office door and saying, Edith, for pity's sake, where is it? <laughs> well, he's got one of his own. <laughs> I mean, it's the door next to... Oh, I see! <laughs> yes, he's, he's lost something else. Yes, yes apparently. Yes. He's in a shocking state. It's some book or another he can't find. Ah, yes. His great, great, great grandmaster's book of oaths. Have you found it yet? Edith! Are you sure you don't know where I put it? I, I, I'm sure you were the last one who had it. Perhaps you'd like me to come back later. Frank, in here. I need your help. This is urgent. Evidently. See you later, Edith. I gather you still haven't found your book, Father. That's not the worst than that. Ah, what do? Mick Clapper's fallen off. <laughs> not only that, the plastic wick of Mick Candle won't glow anymore. <laughs> Listen, on top of all that, which is disastrous enough, mm. I've had this letter from some bird or another. What letter? This letter that I'm holding in my hand. Can't you mm. see it? Listen to this, I'll just... Dear Sir Charles, I'm sure I need hardly remind you of the little wartime experience we shared together. Hang on, hang on. Who is this girl? Well, how the hell should I know? There's my wartime address book. Take your pick. I see. Hmm. Hmm. What are these ones marked with the asterisk? Officer, never mind, never mind. <laughs> never you mind, but she'd be amongst them for certain. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, what else does the letter say? Well, she says, I'll the experience we shared together. Even if you have forgotten, I shall always remember your assistance in what we called Operation Look Out, Here It Comes. <laughs> Go on, if you dare. Oh, I have no desire to be in the way again. Pardon? <laughs> well, I suppose it's merely an unfortunate turn of phrase. Yeah. At least I hoped it... Then it goes on, such bad handwriting. Provided you look after our mutual interest, I shall stand back and make certain that you get it, if you still want it. <laughs> Sign a well-wisher. Well-wisher? Hmm. Well, Frank, but this is serious. Try to remember that this was wartime. You lot didn't invent the permissive society. We did. Mm, evidently. Look, you, you must have some idea who wrote that letter. Well, I started, I narrowed the field down to about three runners. But if any of this ever comes out, I'll never be the Grand Master. It serves you right for being an even grander one during the war. <laughs> You're so smug at times. Just tell me what the hell I'm going to do. There's a P.S. I thought there might be. What does it say? It says P.S. Well, oh, that's God. understandable. <laughs> I'll be in touch with you again before next week to ensure you intend to do the right thing. <gasps> yeah, you really are in trouble, aren't you? <laughs> that much I had managed to figure out for myself. The point is, what can I do to get myself out of it? You could just sit back and wait to see what happened. Oh, no, thank you. Well, then you'll just have to go through your little wartime address book and visit the likely ladies who might have written that letter and who might have taken part in Operation Lookout. Here it comes. But on my own, not likely. You're coming with me. Yeah, I thought I might be. <laughs> Are you sure this is the right address? Why? 
But you still got a vote for Wilson poster in the window. I guess. <laughs> well, of course, when I knew Maggie, we, we rarely discussed politics. Mm. It wasn't a meeting of the minds, you know. I have a feeling that once we get over the preliminaries, you'd, uh, you'd better let me do the talking. Delighted. Hi. What do you want? Now, come this light, William. My fog's gone out. <laughs> oh, now, if it's about the rent, or the gas bill, or the light bill, or the water rate, my husband's checks in a post. <laughs> oh, dear, I'm sure she never spoke like that in 1940. <laughs> 1940, it would have kept me awake all night, wouldn't it? Here, uh, here, 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 they don't make them the way they used to, do they? If it wasn't for the coupons, I'd give them up. I'm halfway to a set of garden furniture and 12 place settings of genuine spawned hoochina! <laughs> May I suggest, madam, that you settle for six place settings whilst there's still time? <laughs> that way you might be around long enough to cook something to put on the blasted place. We are sorry to trouble you, madam, but... I believe you may have met my father during the war. Uh, have you attempted to contact him again since? Met who? Oh, him! Farty here! Bang goes my image. Madam, my name is Boniface, and I was in the RAF. Boniface, Bonnie, Bonnie, Bonnie. Oh, yes, I remember now. Aye, you was the hot hand behind the Narfi in Cardington. <laughs> that would be him. Uh, proper caution he was. No I would go out with him unless he was handcuffed and had his boots nailed to the floor. <laughs> Madam, really, not in front of the boy. Remember his youth. Never mind mine. She's too busy remembering yours. Uh, oh, I'm not, son. He's one better service life I prefer to work. <laughs> Shouldn't you go and see Dr. Finley and get something for that? <laughs> Then uh, may we take it that you have not written to Sir Charles recently? Oh, of course not. I'm a respectable married woman. Besides, if my husband Angus caught me writing to old boyfriends, he'd clobber me one with his claymore. Eh, he should be home soon if you'd like to meet him. Oh, I, uh, no. I think I'd prefer to forego being clobbered with his claymore. Nice to have renewed acquaintance with you again after all these years. They were great times. Nah, I was just thinking, you are the one who sneaked up behind the girls and give them a quick <laughs> bullseye this way father if Angus turns up before you go the war may not be over after all well let's hope this is the right one well it could be Penelope was always a bit of a gold digger mind you she was worth it hello can I help you? Oh. I see what you mean. Thank heavens this one is a little bit better preserved than the last one. Uh, madam, we're sorry to trouble you, but um, does the name Boniface mean anything to you? Oh, yes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Mummykins is always talking about him. Mummy, what? <laughs> yes. yes. She met him in the war, you see. He was known by all the girls as... Hot hands behind the Narfi at Cardington. <laughs> oh, it does go on, doesn't it, eh? She even said... <laughs> she even said that none of the girls went out with him unless he was handcuffed and had his boots nailed to the floor. Thank you very much. Never mind the lurid details. I always think other people's wartime reminiscences are such a bore, don't you? <laughs> no. I wasn't talking to you. 
May we ask where hmm, Mummykins is now? Oh, yes, she's abroad. She has been for six months. You see, she met this airline pilot who took her to Cannes, and then she happened to dance with this oil well baron who was feeling so lonely. And on the way to his villa, she stopped to chat at this Greek shipping line owner's place who was even lonelier. And, and even you. richer, yes. We've got the picture, thank you. Sorry to trouble you. Uh, I say, when Mummykins comes back, who shall I say called? Sir Charles, Mr. Smith and his friend, Mr. Jones. Good day to you. Our kindest regards to Mummykins, if she ever runs out of rich idiots and comes back. Ah, this is the last on the list. Unless you've forgotten somebody, this must be the one who's blackmailing you. That I had worked out for myself. I shall just propose to her and hope she believes in incredibly long engagements. Like 50 years? Yes, quite. Uh, oh, they've sent you, have they? Oh, I knew it wouldn't be long before they turned out the heavy gang. I resent that heap, it's a description, but I don't. You bloodsuckers! Can't you leave me alone? Haven't I paid you enough already? Madam, there seems to be some mistake. I... Scum! Scum of the earth, are you never satisfied? How much more do you want from me? Madam, there seems to be some... Fiends in human shape, that's what you are. Relentlessly grinding your victims into the ground, never caring that in your wake you leave a trail of broken, twisted souls who are mere empty shells of what they used to be. Madam, there seems to be... Horsewhipped! That's what you should be, horsewhipped! No, that's not good enough for you. Boiling in oil is more fitting for blackguards and monsters and fiends and scourges of the human race and workers of iniquity like you. Madam, there seems to be... All right, I've got what you've come for and you can have it. Madam, there Money! Money, it's all here. Every rotten penny you've demanded from me. Every rotten penny of you here, take it. What do you care if I starve? Take it. Mad. Vampires and blackmailers and hellhounds, that's what you are. Is nothing too despicable for you to stoop to? Mm. Or oh, I'm not through yet. When you get back to your headquarters and you see your Mr. Big, you can tell him. You can tell him I've paid. And you can tell him. You tell him. Please bring back my television set. <laughs> You know, Father, I think we can take it that she wasn't the one who wrote you that letter. How very perspicacious of you, Frank. Thank you. Perhaps you'd be so kind as to tell me, what the hell do I do now? I suggest we go back to the office for a bit of a rethink. Good morning, Edith. And what is the mood of our tycoon friend this morning? Oh, gloomier and gloomier, Mr. Frank. I just don't know what's upset him. Well, that's just as well. For once, it's not me who's put his little trotter in it. Come in. I'll pay. Relax, Father. It's only me. Oh, thank goodness for that. Being here on my own is like sitting on a time bomb. Nobody's telling me what time is due to go off. Mm. Any further letters? Yes, there has been another. Effulgence. Mm. This one here just says... I'll be at the meeting to make sure you do the right thing. Signed, well-wisher? Naturally. The misnomer of all time. Incidentally, Frank, as you have stood by your dear old dad in his hour of need, mm. I decided to let you have a new desk after all. You're a broken man. Very nearly. 
Very nearly. If this blasted lot blows up in my face, I've, I've had it with British United Plastics as well. So I thought the least I could do was a last gesture. See, you've got a new desk. If it hasn't arrived yet, how much? Of course it hasn't arrived. I'm still sitting behind it. I'm giving you mine, you clot. Good gracious. Knowing you, I thought the reason it hadn't arrived was because I hadn't signed a higher purchase agreement. Even at a time like this, he snipes. I've arranged for Stanley, the lift man, to bring your old desk in here and put mine in your office. I'll work at your rotting heap for the little time that is left to me with the old firm. After that, it's pottering about the garden and perhaps a little fishing with an old friend. And chasing every blonde bird you see into the woods. Frank! Have you no respect for an old man whose brilliant career has come to such an unfortunate end? I might, if I thought for one moment that it had. <laughs> I know you. Somehow you'll dodge this and come bouncing back like a great big overblown-up ball. And you'll want your desk back. You take it. Yeah, right. Uh, Sir Charles Boniface's office? Who? Oh, uh, one moment, please. I'll see if he's in. It's a Mr. Ellington King for you. Ellington King? Hmm. That's the other candidate for Grand Master. Uh, Give me the phone. I'd better congratulate him. You haven't had the result of the ballot yet. I shall reluctantly stand down owing to pressure of work when we have the meeting tonight. Hello! Sir Charles Boniface here. Hello. Ellington King here, old man. All set for this evening. Well, not exactly. I've decided to stand down for personal reasons. But you can't. I've already stood down for you. Surely you got my notes. Your notes? I beg your pardon. Operation Lookout, here it comes and all that. Uh, those were the days, weren't they? <laughs> you know, you saved my platoon's life when you flew over and dropped those crates of wallop for us. <laughs> we were down to our last half pint. Of course. That was the little wartime experience we shared together. You were the one who told my CEO about it and damn nearly got me cashiered. You're frightfully sorry, old man. Uh, that's why I said I didn't want to be in the way again. At least I could do. Why the blazes did you have to sign those blasted letters, well-wisher? You've had me doing me nuts. Oh, but come off it, old man. You know the rules of the society. They're all in the book. As rivals for the chair for Grand Master, we weren't supposed to contact each other until after the ballot. However, as I was standing down, I didn't think it'd matter. Just thought I'd put your mind at rest. Oh, did you? Take it from me, you failed miserably. Oh, dear, pooped again, have I? Oh, never mind. See you at the meeting for your initiation tonight. Uh, this time I'll provide you with the wallaby. Uh, Silly boy. Frank, don't bother. I got the idea from this end of the conversation. Welcome home, one bouncing great big overblown-up ball. Well, you'll have to move, won't you? I can't shift it with you stuck behind it, can I? I beg your pardon. Stanley has come to move your desk to my office. Oh, no, he hasn't. I knew it had never happened. <laughs> Forget the whole thing, Stanley. Put Mr. Frank's old desk back. He wants to keep it for sentimental reasons. Well, but it's all wobbly, isn't it? I mean, I'll have to find something else to keep it steady, won't I? I mean, I've thrown away the tatty old book he had under one of the legs, haven't I? <laughs> tatty old... <laughs> That'll be it. That'll be it. The book with the oath of the first Grand Master. Oh, Frank, you've been using it to prop up your beastly desk, you awful thing. Well, I didn't know what it was. And if you hadn't stopped me having a new desk, it, it wouldn't have been necessary. Never mind that. Stanley, for pity's sake. Where, where did you throw that book? We went down the rubbish chute, didn't it? 
I mean, it'll be on its way to the destructor, won't it? It chews things up in seconds, doesn't it? Quick, stop the destructor, somebody! I've got to get that book back for my initiation. It could have been worse. It could have been your ceremonial rompers that went. I think you're sitting on that train without it. <laughs> it might have been McClanger or whatever it... McClapper! I mean... <laughs> Out of my will, have everybody carried around on ice trays for a month. Stanley, lead the way to the destructor. Save that book, and I'll buy you a lift of your own. Move, man, move! Frank Thornton and Gwen Cheryl have been leading you through the big business lark written by Laurie Wyman. Jimmy Edwards was Sir Charles Boniface, Frank Thornton was Frank Boniface, Gwen Cheryl was Edith Chalmers, Ellington King was played by Nigel Graham, Stanley the Liftman was Alexander John, and Maggie, Sir Charles' ex-girlfriend, was Elizabeth Morgan. The show was produced by Alistair Scott Johnston. Mm-hmm.